Hi, I'm Will Levice. This is Eric Claville. You tune into Levice and Claville. But we give it to you straight talk, just the way it is, from a black male perspective. But let's get right to it. Today's show, the passing of our legends. You know, recently you had three heroes of the black community that have passed in the area of sports and entertainment. You know, Hank Aaron, the home run king, Hall of Famer, uh, Cicely Tyson, uh, legendary actress of the stage, of film and television, and then John Chaney, um, the legendary NCAA Hall of Fame basketball coach of both Cheney State University and Temple University. And so with the passing of these heroes, you know, for us coming up in the 80s and 90s and, and with these people who've inspired us to be all of the, that we can be, you know, it's certainly a changing, seemingly like a changing of the torch that's happening, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Will, when, when you mentioned uh, the past of legend, you started uh, with the names, you know, Cicely Tyson, Hank Aaron, you know, John Chaney from Temple, and also uh, just passed last year, uh, John Thompson, you know, from Georgetown. Uh, you know, these are, you know, not just giants. And, and, and I think the word giants really don't do it justice because they did. I mean, they meant so much, you know, who can, I mean, it seems like college basketball is not the same without yeah, the two yeah. jerks, right? Yeah, because they Shady were almost like, you know, they were almost bookends. <laughs> you know, if you were watching ball, if you came up playing like I did, so coming up in New York, basketball player with dreams of playing okay. college ball and all of that, these are the guys that you were looking to, or two of the, the giants in the black community certainly were looking to. And the thing about uh, John Chaney as well as Thompson that you mentioned is that they were not they were known not only for being great coaches, but being great role models and being father figures. I mean, you know, these guys were again, when you come up in tough neighborhoods and oftentimes, even when your father was around, like my father was around, but the streets is always calling you. And so when you imagine that yeah. a, a kid coming up without their father around, without you know, really a lot of positive role models going on around them to have a man like yeah. John Chaney, who, you know, could help recruit you, help get you a college education and then teach you lessons about right. life. He was much more than just a coach. You know, you know, you know, Will, you mentioned a very important point that is a true part of their legacy. They wanted to get they wanted to make you men, not just great basketball players, not just get you to the league, but they want to make you men. And if you look at the the, the men that they the, the young men that they mentor uh, from some of the harshest communities uh, in our country, brought them to where they were at Temple or Georgetown, and look what they're doing now in the community. I mean, you think about you think about the big man, right? Of, of not just college basketball, but the NBA. Right. You know, Patrick Ewing. You know, now he's Patrick back. Ewing, you know, yeah. coaching. Uh, yeah, at Georgetown, at his alma mater. But how he, how Patrick Hill is just not a great center, a great basketball player, and a champion in NCAA, but he was a, a great name, and still is, you know, today in basketball. I think of Alonzo Mourning, who's hosting, you know, mixers and fundraisers for the former President Barack Obama when he was president and, and involved in the community and the like. You know, I think about Dikembe Mutombo, who's doing a, a so much 
in his community back back in Africa and also here in America. And the list goes well, you on and on. When you mentioned I, Cheney, I mean, when you think of John Cheney, I mean, one of his key players, Aaron McKee, I believe, is now coaching at Temple University. So yeah. these guys were producing, like you said, they were producing and replicating, you know, themselves. And, you know, I honed in on something you talked about, you know, big man. Well, Hank Aaron, you know, was absolutely, you know, one of my big men. You know, look, growing up a kid yes. in 1974, here he is chasing Babe Ruth's home run record that lasted some 40 years. If anybody in this generation still knows that name, Babe Ruth, and what it meant to American folklore, you get Hank Aaron, yeah. you know, our John Henry, you know, the real hammer, you know, coming a real <laughs> man that you can touch and grasp. He's chasing his yeah, home run record. Yeah, he's yeah. getting death threats wow. as he's chasing his uh, home run record, some 714, that number. And he's still yeah. doing it with a grace, a style, a tenacity, and breaks the record and takes it up to 755, which eventually was broken by yeah. Barry Bonds. But to have done that right. in that moment, coming out of the Negro Leagues, mm-hmm. you know, at a time, That's coming right. up at a time when, you had legal segregation, not just the type of segregation that we have now, but where it was cemented. It was a law. <laughs> and you still it was a law, brother. had not many opportunities for African-Americans. I mean, one of the things uh, Hank Aaron talked about was how the Negro Leagues gave him his opportunity to go and really pursue yeah. the thing that he loved to do. He played for the, you know, he played for the clowns back in the day. And that's how he was seen right. and was picked up. And ended That's up right. being uh, brought into the major leagues because Jackie Robinson had gone before him, <clears throat> opened the door, and then he smashes the most. The home run record is the most sacred, uh, revered record, sacred sacred record in all of sports. That's right. Not just not just baseball, That's right. That's right. all of sports. And it was done by our big man, Hank Aaron, our big man, the Hammer. Exactly. You know. You know. I I I, re- I looked at an interview that Hank Aaron did. Um. Not too, not too long before he just passed. And they talked about the home run record and what was like then. And he was full of, he was very bright eyed. But when he, when he started reminiscing about that time, you know, his eyes dimmed a little. He said, it wasn't a fun time. He said, I had a lot of pain. He said that he went through so much. And what you mentioned, the segregation, the death threats, not lashing out, you know, him and Jackie Robinson really set the stage, man. And again, also Satchel Paige and other Negro League greats that came after them. You know, for how African-Americans, how we showed grace throughout that terrible, terrible time period. But, you know, death threats and then also individuals not wanting a black man. That's right. To be known as the home. And those death threats was real because he he came up at a time where, you know, a black man would be put up on a tree and there would be no retribution. He saw personally, he he witnessed a period where Martin Luther King was assassinated. So for someone to say, you know, you chasing this record, you know, nigga, I'll kill you. That was real. That he, yeah. he's, he's in the batter's yeah. box and the reality of a sniper taking him out was real. I mean, that was it's real. You know, that's absolutely, absolutely real. And he still absolutely. persevered. He still kept his composure, still kept his concentration. Man. Man, I, I, you know, and I, I believe Jackie Robinson died mm. too soon, and it's probably because of all of the things. And he, he, he spoke about that as well, all the things he went through. 
you know, how it took a toll on him, but still had grace throughout it all. But Hank Aaron, God blessed him to live, you know, to a ripe old age, man. And just, but not just in, on the baseball field, his accomplishments, but what he also did after baseball, right? In business and being an ambassador, you know, for right. the Atlanta Braves and being an ambassador for the city of Atlanta, still having a voice, right? People right. still listen to Hank Aaron when he talked. You know, so to have that type of influence at 86 years old before he died, I mean, was tremendous. And and knowing that our all of us have a chef life, you know, all of us have a life, man, where your your voice is here at the highest peak, but then it diminishes. You know, but Hank Aaron's voice was loud. Hank Aaron's voice example was even greater than his presence. And is one of the saddest days in, in Major League Baseball. And Again, paying homage to the Negro Leagues, man, the greats of the Negro Leagues. They never made it to right. Major League Baseball, but still being honored in the way that they are now in Major League Baseball in the Hall of Fame. But we've always known that some of That's the greatest right. athletes have been African-American and still today. You know, so some even debate whether, you know, the which which was the greatest league. Was it the Negro League or the That's Major right. League Baseball right. League at that time? You know what I'm saying? You know, so so all those things just really hang heavy uh, on our hearts and our minds. And it also forces us to look at the game of baseball, right? So look at the diversity of baseball. You know, I think the peak of African-Americans playing baseball was, of course, when all of the greats from the Negro League eventually made right, it into the right. major leagues. And then, of course, you had the Dale Strawberries, the White Goods. Yeah, very and so much forth. through the 70s, and course, through the 70s in this period, because Hank Aaron, again, he, he crushed the record in 74. So that was very much, that was a big part of it, is that, you know, these, these yeah. you know, African-Americans we let in are now taking over. And so, um, but that greatness, like you said, to be able to do that, I mean, the Negro Leagues reminds me of our HBCUs, where our greatness Oftentimes, it's yeah. cultivating. You get the opportunity to do the things that you need to do. And, um, you know, it's one thing about um, uh, Aaron's death that I found, you know, disrespectful is that what has been coming out is that his death is so somewhat related somehow to the COVID-19 vaccine. And he, he died of natural causes. And, yes, he took the right. vaccine and so forth, but it just shows you how people will use any kind of opportunity to get and distract and, and get into this anti-vax movement that is out there that's really, you know, trying to misinform our people. But they'll use any opportunity to do that. But, you know, we haven't talked about Cicely Tyson. Now, Cicely Tyson, oh, my God, is a, is a young black man coming up, see a beautiful black as a night, black as black a night woman right. on TV. I mean, it was phenomenal to see her. You know, again, coming up young and you know, in the seventies, eighties, to see her in the way that she carried herself with such dignity, exactly. such grace, was known that look, I'm not going to just take any kind of role that's going to degrade our people right. and our women. And that's she right. was a Tony Award winner. She was given <clears throat> yeah. the um, a Medal of Freedom by President Obama in uh, 2016. I mean. She was just a phenomenal woman, a phenomenal role model, you know, for, for us as, as young men coming up as well as for, for young women. Look, you know, I was I, I was saving uh, the, to talk about Cicely Tyson at the end, you know, because, you know, just just it's so much 
in Cicely Tyson, who she was. First of all, she was absolutely, you know, I think absolutely beautiful. Uh, I think the epitome of grace uh, up, until, uh, up until she died, 96 years old, right? Uh, you mentioned the time period that she was in. Uh, she faced not, not just racism, which all actors, so we talked about sports, you know, Hank Aaron, all, all face, but she also faced sexism. And keep in mind, you know, she came up through a time where movies where you you were either as a black actor or actress, you were placed in the in right. the most degrading so role. You, know, you were you were a slave, you were a servant, you were a prostitute, something. Yeah. You're a pimp or a drug dealer and so forth. And even though a lot of our African American actors and actresses during that time period were That's classically right. trained. I mean, they were trained in theater. And we talked, you know, I mentioned Paul Robeson. You know, I think about him, the thespian in the early 1900s uh, in the time period that he went through. And his great, of course, is Old Man River and Othello. You know, but it took it took a lot to get to that point. And Cicely Tyson, in a time period where there was a lot of money out there, and she could have taken these roles in Black exploitation movies, you know, to be, you know, the next great uh, 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 street woman or the next great uh, uh, prostitute or drugs and all that stuff. She said, no, I'm not going to do that because my image, not just to me, but my image to my people means more than this, just getting a paycheck right now. And then to me, man, that's the, that speaks, that speaks volumes, especially when you look at the Hollywood industry today, you know, who can we say is the Cicely types? I know uh, who comes to mind is Felicia Rashad. What her and her sister, Debbie. Oh, oh, tremendous. You know, uh, but but who after that, right? You know, so she gives us an example of what can be accomplished over the course of time. Not a steady moving up, right? Not peaking and then a a drastic downturn, but a steady moving up where now, even Tyler Perry named one of his stages, you know, after Cicely Tyson. It's a Cicely Tyson recording stage you know, where he has right. a studio. And again, just, just a tremendous paying homage to one of the greats of time of our time, one of the most gracious, one of the most beautiful, one of the most talented, and one that will be remembered with the greatest of actresses uh, in our history. You know, and, and, and lastly, I just want to point out, she was, she was nominated for 52 awards. And guess how many she won? Mm. 49. <laughs> That that's a better winning rate than Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you, well, you mentioned so, something. I mean, you know, you you mentioned black exploitation. I'm a, I'm a punch back on you a little bit on that because a lot of times, again, if you understand the context of the things that was available at the times for people to be able to do, even the good work, because yeah. a lot of those movies that come out of that so-called era, if you really look at them, they still were good movies and good entertainment and not any different from, you know, a Western that was, you know, a movie from predominantly white uh, director or so forth. But a lot of times we, we get allow ourselves to have other folks sort of color it and, and change the narrative and turn, turn it into a, a sort of a negative because a lot of those movies were done by the artists, the, the, the Van Peebles, the people at the time who were trying to break through and fight through. And I think that with with Sicily showed really that 
You can do good work. You don't have to accept everything that is thrown at you. Right. And you can do quality work and you can stay in there and fight and get quality roles. And a lot of those entrepreneurs at that time that were doing that kind of work, they're doing those movies in the 70s, they were taking the steps of saying, look, if Hollywood, if the Hollywood mainstream won't uh, green light what we want to do, let's do our own thing. And we see that spirit happening so much now. So as I look now, seeing all of the different outlets on cable and on the Internet of where people are able to put products out there and do movies and not have to worry about getting big uh, Hollywood dollars behind you in order to even get the thing out there. You can see that kind of spirit. Actually, the, the groundwork was laid by people like Sicily saying, look, you can stand yeah. true to your own vision. You don't have to go and do everything that's thrown at you. Yeah. And you can stay strong and, and stay committed to your own to, to your own beliefs and, and do things that will uplift the culture. And I just remember just watching her and saying, I mean, the most impactful, obviously, she's most known for her role with Miss Jane Pippen. And to have seen that role, seeing this, how she played this woman with such dignity, coming out of slavery, coming out of all of that, and then able to yeah. participate in the civil rights movement, told so much yes. about yeah. our story as a, as a people and her as a person, individually. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of two things I heard two current actors uh, say. One is Dave Chappelle, the other is Nate Parker, right? And they all... Dave Chappelle talked about when he told his father he wanted to be a comedian. His father, he said, his father took him outside and said, you know, determine your price right now. Before you go out, determine your price. So whatever comes your way, ask yourself, does it, does it greater than the price I'm willing to pay? Also, Nate Parker talked about how uh, he uh, were, he's been offered many roles that he didn't want to play because he thought about his career as acting. And his career as acting is a legacy for his children. And he, the way he measures, you know, what he would and would not do is, what would my grandmother say if she watched me in that role? And I think that in life, we all have to have those markers, Will. You know, what is your cost? What cost are you willing to pay as you move through life? And if we have those markers, then ultimately, we can say that we live with no regrets and we always remain true to ourselves. And that's the key. We got to remain true to ourselves. And that's one thing Cicely Tyson did. We, we talk about John Thompson uh, at Georgetown. Remember, he boycotted uh, the, the tournament and so forth in the season where he wouldn't play unless there were certain uh, uh, provisions right. given. You know, he's a trailblazer in that era. Uh, John Cheney, Hank Aaron, you know, all these individuals. And I'll say there are other names. You know, we have social justice and civil rights legend Meredith Andon Jr., one of the former Tougaloo Nine that passed. You know, in gospel and church music, we have uh, one of the Pace Sisters from the award-winning Pace Sisters Gospel Group that passed. You know, so we have legends that are passing every day. Uh, Lester Smith, who won the former NFL uh, players, so we have, we have our legends who are with us. I say that what we have to do, Will, as we close this out, we got to honor them. You know, give your brothers and sisters their roses while they yet still live, while they can smell them, and honor what's, what's happening now. Uh, because life is short, and the moments that we make, they can become 
not just moments, but movements and stories that will help to carry us all the way through uh, until generation to generation. Yeah, right. I mean, generation. I think that's one of the beautiful things that President Obama did about giving um, Cicely Tyson that Medal of Freedom, you know, giving her her, her high honor that she was absolutely deserving of before she passed. And I think another thing that our people really need to do is to, to study these legends to when you hear about them, because the beauty of internet and of YouTube and all these channels is that you can see and learn about these people at the, at the, at the, the tip of your fingers. You know, it's not like us having to go right to the library, go through the card catalog and, and <laughs> sit through and sit through and find books. You can learn and actually see these legends and actions because I think if we go back and we watch and learn about them, that you find the inspiration to be able to do what you need to do in this current time and to fulfill your dreams and to carry that torch of advancing the culture and advancing, you know, our people. Absolutely, Will. So, you know, again, it's been phenomenal talking with you and having this conversation about our legends. Uh, and that's a wrap for us on LaVille, uh, LaVisa and Claville today. Again, thanks to our producer, Ben Bailey, behind the controls, keeping us right and tight. Join us each week as we bring it straight to you with facts from a Black male's perspective. Don't forget, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and our website at lavisaandclaville.com. And finally, email us at lavisaandclaville at gmail.com. But until next week, we'll see you then.